Welcome to our September 11th worship service from North Coast United Methodist Church. Searching, seeking, wondering, thinking, walking, running, wandering, straying. Come to find our God. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you through this time of worship. Amen. Let's join together for our call to worship. O Lord, you are the potter. We are the clay. Take our lives, O God, and remake us anew. Pour out your Spirit upon us that we may be filled with living water. Fit us for your purposes that we may be wholly thine. Amen. weekend we continued our stories about Joseph. Not that Joseph, but Joseph the kid, the one who has the special coat because he's dad's favorite. The Joseph that had the dreams and the stories all about how one day he would rule over the family and rule over his brothers. The Joseph who never did any chores because he felt he was special. The Joseph who would always tell his brothers and be so dramatic. The Joseph who one day his brothers had had enough and they took him out and they put him in a hole in the ground and sold him as a slave. 
And then one day he was bought by a man named Potipar. And Potipar was a special person. He worked for the king and he got to be in Potipar's house. And Joseph, you would have thought that Joseph would have complained and whined, but Joseph instead decided to take this opportunity and better himself instead because he believed in God and he believed that God had something better planned for him because Joseph listened to his dreams. He listened to all of those dreams about how he had better things in store for him. So he became the number one slave for Potipar. That's pretty good for a kid, right? So he became the number one slave and got to have better things and better clothes. Then, uh-oh, Potipar's wife liked Joseph. That's not good. But Joseph was loyal. Joseph knew that Potipar was a good man. And he told Potipar's wife, no thanks. How do you think Potipar's wife took that? Mm, she didn't like that very much. So she got angry and she told Potipar that Joseph hurt her. That's a lie. That's not what happened. But Potipar believes his wife and he got really angry at Joseph and threw Joseph in jail. <sighs> oh, there's Joseph again, locked up in jail. But do you think that Joseph got upset this time? Nope. Joseph decides that there's bigger and better things in store for him because he trusts and he believes in God. So he looks at this and he says, all right, God, I'm ready. What am I going to learn? So next weekend, we're going to learn even more and even better and even greater things about the story of Joseph and his time in jail and how he meets more people and more things and learns more dreams about how God is going to use Joseph for the bigger and better stories. So stay tuned and let's learn what do more things mean for Joseph. Let's join together in prayer, creative and creating God. Give us hearts and minds that hear and respond to your call in our lives. Strengthen us in this time of worship. Nourish and rework us that we may grow closer to you and more faithfully reflect your love and light to the world. Amen. And let's continue in the prayer that Jesus Christ taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Let's join together for our words of assurance. God has made us for glory. God's love never ends. Christ has saved us for praise. Christ's faithfulness never ends. The Holy Spirit has made us whole. The Spirit's healing never ends. Our scripture today comes from Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 through 11. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was married in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, Can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hands of the potter, so are you in my hands, Israel. If at any time I announce that a nation or a kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed. And if that nation, I warned, repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I have intended to do for it. Now therefore say to the people of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, This is what the Lord says, Look, I am preparing a disaster for you and devising a plan against you. So turn from your evil ways, each one of you, and reform your ways as your actions. Thank you, God, for the inspiration of this word. Amen. Let's join together in prayer. Precious and loving God, thank you for being not just the hands that created us, but the hands that continue to mold us, the hands that continues to shape us, the hands that continues to transform us. Today, as we look at this scripture, we do it with a level of gratitude. We're grateful that we are not the same individuals on this leg of our journey that we were when we began our journey. Continue to show us where your hands are. Reveal to us your presence as you shape and mold us. And precious God, please remind us that we are not on this journey alone. The hard moments are just for a moment. And we can move forward within your grace because your hands are continuing to shape us. Be with us in this time of conversation, Lord, in your son's precious and loving name we pray. Amen. 
What a beautiful scripture that we're dealing with today. And it, I'm receiving it at a very unique time because this morning, as I drove my oldest daughter to her college science class, we had this conversation on different types of change. Now, for my kid's science class, her focus revolved around physical change and chemical change. That's what they're focusing on today. And today they're going to have a science lab. Today their uh, in-person experience is going to be working on different types of changes, looking, analyzing different types of changes. And they need to talk about if they are a physical change or a chemical change. So I didn't do so well in, in college science. So I'm going to do my best to share with you my understanding of my conversation with my daughter today. And I want to add one more level of change that exists in our lives as we think about the concept of the potter's hands. As we think about a God that is constantly with us. A God that is standing side by side with us. And although at times we walk into physical, emotional battles, we feel like we're completely alone. We are blessed by a God that is willing to stand by our side as we move into places, as we make decisions based on the God-given gift and curse of free will, we go in and experience these things, work through these things, and we reach a place where we begin to see our identities, our DNA itself transformed because of the journey that we're on. The potter's hands are always present. God didn't just shape and mold us at birth, but God is constantly present, shaping and molding us through every experience that we go to. We change physically in our experiences, and it's based on how we handle those things. We change at times even chemically as we deal with things. And the third element that is not in my daughter's science class, but we will talk about today in this conversation, is we also change spiritually and emotionally as we go through these changes. So, based on my kids' conversation with me today, I want to take the physical, the chemical, and the emotional and talk about how God's hands are always a part of our experience. Let's begin with the physical change. Now, this is a concept that we are dealing with as a denomination. It's a, it's a concept physical was separated in my early years, my faith development time. Anything that was physical, anything that had to do with the body, 
was shunned upon talking about in my spiritual journey. We didn't talk about sexuality. We didn't talk about burning emotions. I, I grew up in a church where the focus was good Christians don't do that, so we don't talk about that. But we exist in a reality that the wholeness of our reality exists within the physical and the spiritual. Everything that we go through has some context in being with how that we use God's creation, how we proclaim God's creation, how we identify with God's creation, and we have to deal with it. We have to deal with the physical. Now, there's ways that we did talk about that growing up through the years. We talked about taking care of God's temple. And then we had a big potluck after church. <laughs> had the physical changes because of weight. Because we, we celebrated things and it was always with food. But we also talked about God made this temple and... In the formative years of my life, we talked about the ways that God said to protect that temple, the set standards and guidelines that faith puts on our physical practices so that we can remain spiritually minded. We talked about what not to do. We talked about the holy, dedicated devotion of staying abstinent, abstinent, not having sex. I'll just say the S word. How about that? My so southern tongue can't get out the socially appropriate word. But abstaining from sex until that we got married. It was a, it was, it was a focus on dedication. If we can stay focused and dedicated towards the one that we are going to commit the rest of our lives to. It was a physical practice in focusing on our spiritual connection to God. I see that very clearly. Now the problem with that is, at least in my faith journey, it was always the just say no policy. It wasn't the journey of really analyzing, you know, why am I physically feeling this way? Why am I being so physically drawn to another individual? We talked about lust and desire as a sin, and lust and desire are sins that can corrupt our lives. But also when we reach that moment that we talk about waiting for, when we find that person that we're going to marry and be dedicated to the rest of our lives to, we never actually had the conversations how desire and passion becomes the beautiful words that talks about what we are dealing with physically as we're trying to stay devoted to this spiritual practice. When we we're younger, we were always told about going out on Date, not well, just not to date, go out on group gatherings together and go to places where everybody's at so that you don't get caught in the sins of lust. You don't get caught in that sin of lust and fall through it. But we never talked about that 
We never talked about how to discuss it, how to go on to that journey. And then because we weren't having the full conversations, because we didn't see how lust and desire became compassion and attraction, the beautiful words, that we don't see that there is beautiful things within our physical being. I grew up being so taught that the physical is bad, that we don't see the celebration. We don't see the celebration. I grew up as a teenager complexed, just baffled in confusion as in one moment in a sermon, we talked about the evil sin of lust and wanting to be drawn and connected to a person. But then in the prayer time, we prayed for somebody who was trying to get pregnant. There is a celebration in the physical. There is a celebration in our physical being that we celebrate spiritually. Now, we had shut down so much of the physical, and I will share with you 100% of what we shut down was sexuality. We didn't talk about the girl that got pregnant when she was 17. We didn't talk about the couple that had been dating since they were 13 years old who ended up getting married and having a full life. We didn't talk about how all of these feelings and emotions were all swirling because we constructed a negative image of the physical which limited us from getting to the point that we could truly celebrate the connection to the physical and the spiritual. But we shunned so many things, and we shunned so many things that existed around sexuality that we shunned things that didn't connect to the point that we celebrated it. Existing in a time frame, my developmental path of my spirituality existed in the time before that laws and and structures were beginning to change for uh, same-sex marriage, for um, LGBTQ unions. And so this didn't fit the norm, so we bulked it in to the part of the physical that we shunned. And we were never able to move a place to celebrate it. Because we can move to that place of celebration from lust and sin to passion and love. But it didn't fit in the box. And we have spent so much time shunning the physical that we can't celebrate the spiritual that exists in that. So that's changes that are happening. And God's potter's hand very much in those changes as we, as a collection of individuals of, of a Wesleyan history. It's not just the United Methodist Church, it's the Lutheran Church, it's the Presbyterian Church. Christianity itself is wrestling with this concept of what we once shunned. We did not have the conversations of the spirit, physical, but now we are forcing ourselves to evaluate how to celebrate the physical within the spiritual because the potter's hand is involved within every part 
of creation. Let's move to the chemical. And the chemical fits into this story. Now, here, here is my messed up explanation of the chemical. And you can email me at pastordrewdavis at gmail.com to fix what I am about to say. But let's use the Statue of Liberty as an example. The Statue of Liberty was built many, many, many years ago near water and corrosion happening because of its placement, weather, and hitting it, weathering it, and changing it. So my understanding, and the Statue of Liberty being an example, it's now this new, like, lime, light green color because of its years upon years of being affected and and changed because of an outside catalyst. Okay, we um, my kid and I looked up examples of chemical changes, and it talked about a burning paper or a burning log. It's an outside catalyst that changes something. Uh, we talked about the corrosion on a car battery. The physical structure of that car battery doesn't change, but it's the outside catalyst of the spark of the energy of the weather and the rain that creates that white corrosive gunk that gets on it. So we kind of discussed, and hopefully she passes her test today, but we kind of looked at this as these outside catalysts that change something about the structure. It's not a change of the structure, like uh, uh, folding a piece of paper is a physical change. Me putting on 78 pounds is a physical change. Um, so the physical change is different, but there is an outside catalyst. So for an example, pulling it back into this, this conversation, anger, Confusion, fear, frustration, love, passion are these outside catalysts that change who we are. They interact with our lives just as much as we just talked about in the physical, how that we shun the physical and we never even addressed how that the spiritual, the emotional, interacted with it to create it into something that we celebrate. When we get into this conversation of the chemical change, we talk about the outside catalysts that affect our lives and it changes who we are. I have been changed because of an outside catalyst. I have existed in California for 22 years. I grew up in the Southeast I grew up understanding things with a Southeastern understanding and celebrations. I'm very much a product of the culture that I'm a part of. When everyone talks to me and says, Pastor, you try to say hi to everybody that comes into the room. Pastor, you seem to know everyone here. And I, I respond in two ways. One, that's easy to do when you're in a small, friendly church in Oceanside, California. It's less names to memorize. But also, 
I watched everyone do that. Everyone I walked by in a mall said hi. I remember neighborhoods that individuals still had swings on the front porch and people sat on the front porch. I remember even in trips going back home after moving to California in the, in the early 2000s. I mean, it's not just a time frame. It is a cultural thing. Watching my dad mow the front yard, me eventually mowing the front yard for my dad and waving at every car that passed by and every car that passed by waved back. Me walking around and saying hi to everyone is built on the outside catalyst of the culture that I grew up in. And it's enabled me to interact with others. Now that culture has changed for me. I live in a little bit more of a quicker place. I, I live in a, a little bit more of a multicultural environment. And I'm not just talking about ethnicity. I'm talking about backgrounds and understandings that my slower paced conversation as I talk to my friend from the Northeast that's a little bit more fast paced and quick witted than I am. It's it's dealing with all these things, but it's the outside catalyst that has made me who I am as a welcoming and loving person. Now, that also changes because just like the Apostle Paul walking through Corinth, I am interacting with so many different varying backgrounds so much to the extent that the things that we did not talk about in worship becomes even more pertinent and sharing in spiritual-based conversations because I am in the new environment that I share that space with new people, new friends, and new passions. It's the passions that become the tipping point. We looked at passions physically as a sin. But now as we move into this place of the chemical change, the outside catalyst that creates something new, that changes things, the passion becomes important. It becomes the drive. It becomes the why. Why do I express conversations of LGBTQIA plus inclusion? Because I know and I have been affected and I've had conversations with my LGBTQIA plus friends. And I've had the conversations of hearing their exclusion and hearing how that exclusion has been the chemical change that has changed how they look at church. I've been affected and I have experienced an emotional chemical change because of hearing the hurt and the pain and the loss in these conversations. Hearing individuals that just have the desire to be welcomed and included. Not celebrated. They don't want it to become about them. Every conversation that I've had, 
I have had more conversations of LGTB friends not wanting to go to an LGTB church. They just want to be in a spiritual environment that they are welcomed. And that is why that that change becomes important. It has changed the passion of my focus. And there's other things that have changed the passion of my focus in that because in many ways it has become personal for me as well. But we look at this. And we look at this concept of the spiritual of the chemical change and it becomes important that we allow ourselves to be affected, changed, evolved by the outside catalyst. The fight and the struggle against the physical conversations that I grew with was a battle of not being changed from what I'm comfortable with. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't go there. I can't talk to these people. I cannot interact with this environment because it's wrong. Well, the journey becomes we need to have the foundation that we stand on so that we don't adopt things that will become harmful to us, but we have to go to places and have the conversations and listen to the stories. We need to allow this chemical change to take place. We need to allow the outside catalysts to have their voices heard so that we can see the completion of the spiritual journey. The spiritual journey is this. I've tried to tie this thread through this entire sermon. We exist in the physical frame with physical desires and physical passions. And we have to acknowledge that there is a spirituality in the physical. We have to celebrate the chemical change, the outside catalyst that does things to us, that changes us. There is a spiritual celebration and that willingness to have those conversations. There is a spiritual celebration and the willingness to go into new environments, to allow that outside catalyst to reshape us so that we can find the true completion of unity and community. And with all these things, the physical, the chemical, the spiritual, the potter's hands are present and real, shaping, reshaping, morphing, putting things in place so that we can become the true whole creations of God that God wants us to be. Don't shun the physical. Respect it enough to talk about it. Don't shun the outside catalysts. Respect it enough to communicate with us. Because as we reach these places of communication, as we allow the potter's hands to reshape us through these communications, we get to this place, this final moment, that the entire spiritual wholeness of it is sewn together, and we begin to see creation become what God intends for it to wholly be. Thank you for talking to me, dealing with me through this conversation. 
My name is the Reverend Michael Drew Davis. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. God is love. We'd like Amen. to have the opportunity to get to know you. Please email us at ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And if you've been enjoying our services online, please email us. Please say hello. Again, that's ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And also, if you'd like to give to our church, please go to northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Again, that's northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Thank you for joining us. Let's join together for our prayer of giving. Generous and loving God. We thank you for many joys and signs of encouragement in our lives. Reshape our world through these gifts. May they create signs of encouragement and joy in the lives of others and in the ministries of our church. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
thank you once again for joining us for worship. Let's join together in our closing benediction. The one who shaped us in the womb loves us still. God is the potter, and we are the clay. The one who formed our inward parts creates us anew. God is the potter, and we are the clay. The one who molds us in God's own image fashions us for glory. God is the potter, and we are the clay. Go with God's blessings. Amen.